Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And today we're doing a, a little, we found an article that we both thought were, were, we both thought was interesting. I'm thinking not in English right now, uh, that we wanted to talk about for this episode. It is called How to Run a Book Launch for Maximum Sales and Hit List and Hit List. So if you're like, you have a hit list. Yeah, I have a hit list. I do. Yeah. We, we know that. And I'm sure our users, our users, our listeners won't be surprised. <laughs> okay. So this is, the list has good ideas in it, but there were things in it that actually seriously bothered us. And we're going to talk about them. Okay. What's the number one thing that bothered you? Okay. So it is, um, this is not what bothered me. This is just the back, the backup. Oh. I mean, it is on the BookBub Partners blog. Okay. So for people who want to go and find it, it was published in July by Diana Urban. I like Diana. She's awesome. She's been working at BookBub for a while now. Okay. So it basically starts off by saying that there's a lot of stuff that you can do that will help, but what, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do in general, but what's going to help you the most. And it talks about if you're a traditionally published author, what can you do with your publisher, you know, together. And then they say that they're going to talk you, walk you through how a traditionally published author basically became a USA Today bestseller author during launch week with by running a coordinated marketing campaign with her publisher. And then they say in parentheses, note, any self-published author can use this strategy as well. And as I was reading this, I was like, okay, great. Let's get, let's get going. Okay. It talks about how Brenda Novak, and by the way, just to preface, I've been I've been researching a lot on Brenda Novak. I really like her as a person, like as a marketer, she has some fantastic ideas. And so um, I do recommend a lot of things that she says, but this article was not a great way to start off because I was like, <laughs> it's like, what? Okay, so she's a hybrid New York Times bestselling author of contemporary romance and romantic suspense with more than 60 books published. Okay, so that right there was the first thing. That bothered me because it says note that any self-published author can use this strategy as well. Any traditional published author, any self-published author can use this. The vast majority of authors do not have 60 books, right? Yes. Yeah. So the strategies for someone with one book are going to be very different than someone who has 60. Yeah. Even somebody who has 10 or 20 books, it's going to be very different from 60. Okay. And then it just talks about how BookBub was a big part of her campaign. And... This, this made us laugh. It says BookBub, it says, according to Brenda, BookBub always delivers. I use them whenever possible. So that's the thing. That was the next thing that bothered me is BookBub is very, very selected, you know, very selective in who they pick. Yeah. You don't get to time with BookBub because they choose you and it's not every time. Yeah. And they're like, I, I was, I found another article that's talking about how BookBub selects like 20 to 50% of submissions. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's much less than that. It's like 1% right now. Okay, so so phase one, she self-published a prequel, and which was interesting because she's traditionally published, and it says this is how traditionally published, traditional published author, traditionally whatever, you guys know what I mean, um, hit the USA Today. So in order to do that, she self-published, right? which I thought was great because she wanted to take marketing control. She wanted to be able to grow her mailing list and things like that. Okay, so then the next thing that bothered us was she said that she... She created a tool she could use to build her mailing list and promote the series as a whole. The series is traditionally published. The prequel was self-published. And after the fundraiser was over, the money she made from selling this title is what funded the promotion for her traditionally published titles. Okay, so the reason this bothered me, well, and this is just a st- silly little nitpick, 
because she's using her self-published stuff to fund her traditionally published titles, which she's taking something that she's making 70% off and funding something that she's going to get five to 10% off, which after learning more about Brenda, that doesn't bother me anymore because she is super savvy when it comes to self, um, to marketing. And she's totally okay with traditionally or self-publishing. Um, but it bothered me that traditionally published authors that, that you need to, that you need still need to, uh, publish books, self-publish books books in order to, in order to make your publish publisher books make money. What's the point of a publisher? Yeah, exactly. If they're not, if you have to still push your own books and then actually write side stories and self-publish them to support the published books. Exactly. So she's got six, 60 books published. And if somebody with 60 published novels, isn't getting, you know, enough, uh, clout to get enough to have them push her books enough. Yeah. Exactly. Then what is the point of them? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. It was, I, yeah, it just made me shake my head. I'm like, why, why are so many authors want to get traditionally published still, which I'm, you know, I'm like, some people is that goal and that dream and everything, but recognize that when you do, you're going to be doing the majority of the work and, or funding a lot of it too. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that when you're published, you, you get a publisher, they're going to do everything for you. So you can just sit on the beach writing all day. It's not the way it works. But you're still doing all the stuff you would do if you're self-published, including self-publishing. Exactly. Um, okay, so then her phase two, she promoted the pre-order. She sent a BookBub pre-order alert, which is something I've never done before. Um, but I'm going to try with this book launch that's coming up next month. Um, we're recording on September 30th. So next month will be this month for our listeners when this goes live. But she sent a book about pre-order alert to the 13,000, 13,500 followers she had. Something else a, a new, uh, a, an author with only a handful of books isn't going to have. Not somebody, and I've got like 60 titles and I've got 2,000 followers on BookBub, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so she's got a, a rabid following, a rabid base. She's been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Um, and she's got um, a publisher behind her. But this is not something that the average author is going to have. I have author friends who are way more successful than me that still do not have 13,000 followers on BookBub. And so the everything so far is saying is basically here. This is something you can do if you use her strategy, if you have her exact situation and her exact number of followers and everything. But let's see. Um, these are really good suggestions, by the way. They're just, it was just, I was right. It's the scalability of it. They're, they're saying like, this works for everyone. You're like, mm, actually, no, it does it not work for everyone. It works for a specific set of very successful people. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, I wrote a book or I wrote three books, then this isn't going to do much because you're going to have like 10 followers. And yeah, it, exactly. You're not going to hit the U- and, USA today. And the thing is, that's not just 10 followers in general. That's 10 followers in the U.S. They do not do pre-order alerts for international, only no. U.S. followers. So, okay, so she plugged her pre-order in her various newsletters. That's something that obviously we can do, which is good. But this is something I actually really liked that she did. She used eye-catching icons that led to each retailer so that readers were easily easier, had an easier time finding the retailer that they usually shop with. So that's something that I thought was great. And then she built buzz via social media posts. And she used eye-catching images, which, by the way, don't underestimate the value of a good image. Facebook discredits um, posts that have links in them and they push posts that have um, nice images in them. So I really appreciated that. She has tons of awesome images that she used and then you can see them in her link. 
Um, then she ran BookBub and a BookBub ads campaign promoting the pre-order. That's something we haven't done yet. Any BookBub ads or even AMS ads on this book yet. We've I've been doing a whole ton of Facebook ads. They've been going really well. Um, so about six weeks before she launched, she started doing actual BookBub ads. This is not a BookBub feature. This is a BookBub ad. And so she was targeting fans of comparable authors. So you should have started a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, but anything anything helps. It's not... We still have three weeks left. Um, okay, so she discount, discounted her little prequel, the self-published one that she did. She discounted to 99 cents. And, um, yeah, she, and it says that because she self-published it, she had control over the timing and the pricing of this discount, even though the rest of her series is traditionally published. And this was what made me laugh again. In order to drive as many unit cells as possible, Brenda ran a BookBub feature deal. Something else you can't choose. Yeah, you can't control. And then it says featured deals are a great way to generate exposure that can result in subsequent sales of an author's other titles. And we were like, really? We never would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says the featured deal for her book generated over 6,000 clicks and had 1.5 thousand sales, which is fantastic. But again, this is not something you have control over as an author. You know, submit your book, but the chances of them saying yes are are pretty low, honestly. There are Even things for that you people can, that are very successful. successful. Yeah, there there are things that you can do to increase the odds of getting selected. Um, and like with this launch that's coming up, I I submitted pretty much everything that was eligible for a BookBub pre-order, and I did get um, feature. I did get selected for a Teen YA for my Kalenia Chronicles, which you know I would have rather had Mosaic Chronicles or or um, Coven Chronicles, but at this, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a book of feature. It's going to help. And then this next thing I really, really liked. She chose Face Off for her Facebook group's monthly book meeting. So Face Off is the book, the new release that she's pre, the pre-order that she's promoting. And she does a monthly book club with her readers. And this is something that I've already talked to my readers about, and they're very, very excited about it. And I'm starting it. My first one will be in the middle of the launch for this book, naturally. And I thought that was a great idea. So that's something that I thought was fantastic. And then she sent a feature, a BookBub featured new release. This is phase three. She ran launch day promotion. So she sent a BookBub featured new release, which is again, something that you don't select. They select you for. So how many of their, of her promotions so far have been things that the average person can do? One or yeah, maybe two, maybe two, but not at the same scale as she did. Yeah. So um, BookBub featured new releases. I've heard a lot of negative things about, I'm sure that they'll help generate a tiny bit of buzz, but it's kind of, sometimes you get to the point where you're just throwing money at things that do work a little bit in the hopes that all together you'll get a big result. I haven't ever done a feature, a featured new release. I have not considered it for this one. Maybe we should. Um, Okay, so she also on the day of launch, she sent her newsletter to her mailing list subscribers, which is something that obviously you need to do. And then again, she included links to the, her thing, her, um, these specific retailers. This is something I actually really, really liked. Um, her Facebook giveaway, she had people comment telling where, where they purchased face off for a chance to win a, a Kindle fire. And it was, it generated nearly 2000 comments. I really liked that. And then she hosted a launch party, which, um, let's see, where did she host it at a Barnes and Noble? in Naperville, Illinois. 
And then it's, of course, not all of her fans could attend, but she posted a, a video from her Facebook event so that people could, you know, watch and read. This is, again, another thing that most authors aren't going to be able to do. Most authors are not going to be invited into a Barnes & Noble for any reason as an author. You can go in there, but they won't care. You're like, yeah. there is a Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I've got a new book. Hey. Uh, it's not published through here and not available through Barnes & Noble, but <laughs> it's just an Amazon. <laughs> Okay, um, this is another thing that I really like. She included the book in her monthly reader box. And a monthly reader box is something where she it includes the book that they're promoting. And then it just puts in a whole bunch of random things like other books, um, charms that are related to them. You know, she puts a lot of money into this. She's actually said that her reader box is one of the bi biggest things she's done by way of marketing. It does not... It pays for itself, basically. It does not bring her money, but it increases her reader enthusiasm for her brand, which is something awesome. And I would like to start doing reader boxes, but I'm starting. I'm just going to do the monthly book club and then see how that goes for a little while. The reader box, you would time it with your book club so that people can buy the reader box and then get the book club's book in it. And then um, and then all the other fun stuff. Um, and I looked them up. Hers are $53 each. So much they charge. I don't think that includes shipping. Let's see. But then again, that's something that you would have to have set up for a while in order to have it work because the first time you do it, it's not going to give you, it's building off of your current fan right, base. You'd have to take a loss for a while. Um, and so that's pretty much everything in this article. So it says that she ran all these campaigns in tandem with St. Martin's Press that who handled sending ARC's early reviewers and talked to their social media channels about it. Oh, they also ran Facebook ads. So that's good. Her promo her publishers were doing something. She hit number 96 on the list. Ha. Why ha? Haven't you done better than that? Oh, it was I've gone higher than that. It was part of a box set, but oh, okay. yeah. Um, anyway, so we just wanted to talk about this article. Uh, she's got, they have good ideas in here, but most of it is not applicable. It's, inaccess it's inaccessible to the average person. Exactly. So this is like stuff that she's had in the runnings. You know, she's been working on for it's a like, long time. And then 10 years later, you exactly. have an awesome platform. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, how, I mean, how does the average person, you know, run a book promotion and hit a bestseller list? It's not necessarily by following what's in this article. There is good stuff in here, but you have to do certain things leading up to um, to get it. You've got to have a solid newsletter list. You need to network with other authors. You know, that's something that they didn't talk about. But um, so my the two box sets that hit the hit the USA Today list that I was in, um, there were this is the problem with those box sets. You get you get a lot of drama with them. So it's not always worth it because of the drama. Everything's decided in committee. Pretty much. And then you get people who are freeloaders who don't work and then people who overwork. And so I was not one of the freeloaders. <laughs> but you put into a lot of work into it and you're disappointed maybe by the results because of the work you put into it. And it's then... by the amount of work that you put in. Yeah. And then the people that didn't do anything are happy because they because didn't they, do anything. Yeah. They're like, they I hit a US, I hit the USA Today list. I'm like, no, not really. You didn't. You didn't do anything. Number one. Number two is a box set. So all of us together hit the list. Right. And, and that doesn't give you as much clout as it used to. It doesn't give you any clout. Um, like BookBub doesn't even count it as hitting the list, you know? Right. And they really oughtn't. They really shouldn't. No, it's it's not because you, it's not because rabid readers were like, oh, I want her next book. And you be, hit the list that way. It's because you were pu pushing so hard, which is, you know, it's fine. But um, you have, it's like, it's a different, there's a difference there, you know? So back to how to hit it on your own. 
Um, I, I do believe that pretty much anybody can hit the USA Today list if they have the right kind of organization, the right kind of money. It does take money. These things that she did cost money. A BookBub feature deal for her for her was about $1,000 for her list, you know, for her genre. So if you organize and set aside time and money, I mean, I you can. And you, ha- you have to have the right kind of cover. You have to have a good description. And then connections, you know, so you're networking with other people and, and things like that. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about with this? No, no. I, it's just this article is good. It's just the title is misleading. Yeah. It's clickbait. It is. It's clickbait. Like How to run a book launch for maximum sales and hit a list. Yeah. Um, maximum sales. It's still not going to be maximum sales. If you, I mean, these, the items on this article are, like we said, they're for people who've been doing this for a while, you know, who have strong platforms and, and not just, I mean, she has a way above average strong pat platform. Yeah, she's an outlier. And they're and they're using outlier tactics. Yeah. For it, it's like get a book bub. It's like yeah, you have to be somebody to get one when you want it. Exactly. Um, otherwise, you just beg, and then randomly you get one, and then try and structure your other promotions around around it. it yeah. Um, because usually everyone else is more flexible than book bub. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like I said, this is good information. Yeah. But with the caveat that it's probably not for you, and that yeah. this is something you'd want to do later in your career, maybe, but not early on yeah you wouldn't be able to do it um bookbub and i read across all their different articles they have several articles that are beneficial and if you're not i mean this is the thing even if you're not trying to hit a news uh, hit a list or get those letters or anything like that it's still good to sell your book (laughs) (laughs) yes selling a lot of your book is a good thing it's a good good goal so i'm going to give you articles um the names of articles that had good stuff in them so this one was called and this was actually written by brenda um and it's called nine book advertising tactics i've tried and which ones worked and i got really good ideas out of this so that one's a good one and then there is um this one was kind of funny launch your book using bookbub bookbub's marketing tools which again are half things that you can't control and half things that you can but there's good stuff in there you know and then how to promote your pre-order. Let's see how I promoted a pre-order to launch a best-selling book. Um, pre-orders are really hard to promote. Um, I think pretty much anybody knows that. You don't have the knee-jerk click one-click buy, you know. So you're you're working uphill on that. We have been doing well. We have been doing well. Um, how to promote your book before it's published. This is another one on BookBub. And so that's... These are good things for when you have a following... Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't, but I mean, it's hard to get people to pre-order a book. It's when it's your first book and you have no other books out. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. Make people care about you first. Yeah, exactly. And you can do that. You don't have to have a book to get people to care about you. You, you need to be, ha- be savvy. Um, you need to have a, a presence. So you need to be talking to people. I mean, giveaways and, um, having a pre-order up Amazon now allows you to have a 12 month pre-order, which is fantastic. I've set up the entire series as pre-orders already. And, um, I've got my schedule all set up for the next nine months. Pretty much. It's like, I'm having a baby again. <laughs> the series is your child. The series is my child. Um, so yeah, so you can have your first book go well. I've had author friends who have been able to quit their jobs based on how their first book went. They don't have a backlist, and so they had to get other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because once that dies down, they, you don't have a, a back catalog to uh, keep it going. Exactly. So you need to have, um, you need to, you need to be realistic and recognize that 
you have that money comes in and you don't spend it. You put it in the bank because if you're going to quit your job, you're going to need something to live off of while you're trying to replicate that success again. Yeah. You need to have like six successes. Yeah. Start your second series before you uh, decide to quit. Um, 11 ways to promote pre-order books that drive real results. And then the last one is called 17 ways to sell pre-order books you need to see. So they have, I mean, BookBub, they, BookBub does have good, um, good content. It's just kind of hit and miss as to, you know, they, they, they want to make it sound like you should try for a BookBub. It's a guarantee when it's not, because mm-hmm. it's not the timing of it. They're always, they're, they're almost always very good for us. Yeah, we've only had one or two that didn't do super well. Right. So I I like their services. I like their information with the caveat that um, it's curated. Yeah. Uh, It's not like you meet some criteria and then magically you... Magically you get accepted. You get accepted. I Um, mean, the vast majority of people who do meet criteria don't get accepted. Exactly. So that's, that's my beef with it is that there it's... I'm just going to say it's a misrepresentation of their services yeah uh, how how to how to get in and use them yeah it's like try for a book bub and then you don't get it and then try again and then you get it that time but then you've already spent a lot of money on your last promotion because you're trying to set everything up for when it would be and then it was on a different day than you planned and then you, yeah i mean that's the reality of it and mm-hmm. it's worth it yeah because book bubs are very powerful and you should try to get one if you yeah. can yeah but just keep in mind you're, you have to be flexible around when they say stuff Exactly. Or when they choose you, not yeah. it's not something you like. I'm going to do this and then talk to BookBub. You talk mm-hmm. to BookBub first and then plan everything else. Yep, pretty. And much. that's fine. I just they should just say that, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I and mean, so they're, they're trying want... to sell their products and services exactly, and they are quality products and services. Which I'm like, they don't even need to try to sell. I mean, everybody's everybody... begging to be yeah, in there, so literally begging they... at, no. on bended knee to get into BookBub every time they can. Yeah, um, I get. I get accepted about twice a year right now. I used to get accepted four or five times a year. Yeah, know, it's sometimes very even six times. Yeah, it's very competitive. Yeah. It depends on the genre too. We're using less of the less competitive genres and more of the more competitive genres. So yeah. There's more risk and reward there. Yeah. Um, but and that's just the reality of it. And it's fine, but Yeah. They don't want to tell you the downsides of their No, stuff. they don't. They don't want to make themselves look negative in any way. You know. Yeah, I understand it, but we know better. Yeah. Yeah, like when they came to and chatted in the book about promotions and more group, which is cool that they did because they don't do that. They stopped, they stopped it right after. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, yeah, submit, submit, submit. They're super encouraging, super optimistic. And everybody was like, I'm going to go submit. And then almost not like two people. Uh, yeah, I got accepted. Like... And I did have I had somebody thank me that they got accepted. And I was like, it was mm-hmm. it had zero. He's like, well, I got accepted after you did it in the group. And I was like, it has zero to do with me. I promise. Yeah. Like if it had anything to do with me, I would be getting accepted all the time. Right. Instead of every other third time. No. Well, yeah, actually, because I only submit when I have a big promotion coming up, which I might I should probably submit more often than that. But it's fine. You don't want to burn it out. No, I don't. They lose effectiveness. And I've also found that if I um, that if I submit when I have a promotion coming, they're more likely to say yes, because they know they're going to be adding to what I'm already doing. So it's not just them. Yeah, because you're driving traffic. To them from other places as well and they want as much traffic on their and, and they also like to see that um they want as many downloads as possible during and, their period and they're yeah. like okay on that day how many downloads did you get and you're like well i didn't just use you there's a lot of people yeah but it still but makes still, them look good yeah and they're like they got they ran a book club and got ten thousand downloads and exactly like, well, i ran eight promotions you're one of them but you know, they still say you did 10,000. And, and, and also, I mean, most of them would come from BookBub anyway. 80, 80 plus percent of them, 90% of them are coming from BookBub. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
but it, it but i mean it still makes them look better and so mm -hmm. they're going to want to do that yeah um update on the book cover i did uh get it's finished for shadow prophet i absolutely love it you can go look it up on amazon if you want to go see it the auth the designer who i went with is named fiona jade i'm sure some of you guys know who she is because she's been around for a very long time um it cost like 425 dollars we were going to use a DAS model, but I ended up rejecting all of the DAS model poses. And so we went and did a regular guy model. So future book covers in this um, series will be less expensive. I am pickier than the average author because of the whole being a designer myself. And so she was super patient with me. I mean, how many times did we make her change the head and the body? Well, five or six times. Yeah. We were very picky. Um, but within reason i think like as nolan said one of the models look punchable <laughs> yeah uh, um it's so much better though than the... than what i was putting together yeah nolan's like Andre andrea your your covers they just sucked they kind of did though Th these <laughs> ones are better um yeah. uh you've done well on the other series this one just didn't come together and um... i honestly do think it's because that we're at the point now where we're going to be just hiring out book covers we don't have the time to keep doing it no i we can just like, say like um we don't like this redo it and then yeah and she spent all the time and, and she spent sp all the 10 hours per cover and then you know you spent that time writing exactly <laughs> and then the and, book got done <laughs> and like shade amulet i only did one rendition of that book cover and it ended up being the one that worked you know right. and yeah. so there's there's a lot of like feeling out a lot of trial and error when you're doing art in general exactly like, these colors don't work this composition doesn't work and then it can be time consuming and sometimes it works right off the bat and you're like great this is so good i'm going to do it from now on and then you're and like it doesn't time it always doesn't come yeah. together and you, or it's a slightly different genre so the feel is different yeah and you're like uh, i did the same as last time but it doesn't feel right yeah and, and her thing is like my this book is a it's a grittier it's a darker book it's not like dark fantasy it's not graphic but it is dark it starts with a murder scene and ends with a torture scene and so um and in the middle there's dead heads i mean there's lots of heads of people loved ones for him you know i'm none of you guys are going to listen basically his family's been murdered and every time he goes to see the bad guy he has to go and see the heads of his family to remind him what he's doing and why he's doing it anyway so the book cover that fiona did is more gritty it's darker um it's got some nice bright aspects to it to give that contrast pop but i don't i'm she it was more it's edgier than what i was doing and so it, it works really good you know for for this series. I'm looking forward to see what she does for the rest of them. Um, I did tell you all that I am doing the, I'm redoing the Clinia Chronicles and I'm not going to tell you who that cover designer is until we have something that works and he hasn't shown me anything yet. And so I have no idea what's going on. Um, Fiona is very open and very communicative. She gave me a uh, shoot. I was involved in every step of the process, which really worked for me because I was very nervous, but this cover designer hasn't done that at all. I've told him I need to have it by this Saturday. So we will see what happens because I have my book bub next week. Holy cow. Um, Shadow Prophet's releasing in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, everybody. I'm going to hang up on this podcast <laughs> episode and get work done. Because we actually we're going to go to dinner now. Oh, that's right. We have to leave. It's 523 p.m. Yes. So, all right. What? Okay, everybody. to leave. Yes. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Now you can leave. Okay. <laughs>